passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Brock Lesnar is an entitled piece of crap who hides behind his contract. We are six weeks from WrestleMania and the Universal Champion is not here today. We were in Vegas last night. Brock was in Vegas. He wasn't at the Elimination Chamber. Guess where he was? He was running around the strip taking pictures with Dana White in the UFC on social media. You want to know why? Because he doesn't respect me. He doesn't respect any of you. And he doesn't respect anybody in that locker room. And I'll say this right now. I don't respect Brock Lesnar. And I damn sure don't fear that When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the eighteen that makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Welcome to Rewind to Raw, John Pollock and Waiting with you. Late on a Monday night, it's actually 12 o'clock on the dot. It is officially Tuesday. Oh. Happy Tuesday. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. How's it going? Good. Pretty good. What is, uh, what is in that container of yours? I have, uh, I have a bit of tea and also lemon. Tea and lemon? Yeah, I started to put some lemon. That doesn't sound bad. Into my tea. I'm not one of those drink water with lemon in it types. But lemon and other things I I can enjoy. I like a lime in in a um, the rare time I have a uh, a soda or something. Really, that, that can work. Hmm. It's actually it's it's a lot of work. It is. I, I mean, that's why I don't really yeah. do it. But, but uh, like, lemon. Do, do you like chop up the lemon to? Yeah, slices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes. so it's clearly something that you're gonna go out of your way to enhance your tea for. It's that. It's worth it for the it's lemon. It's nice, yeah. Okay. You have lemons, you put lemons in tea. When life gives you lemons, yeah. you make lemon tea. That's right. Is there a funny, is there a name for, for that kind of combination? Um, lemon and tea. Lemon tea. Okay. I don't want to start off on a, on a dark note, but did you hear about Kevin Smith? I did, yeah. He had a heart Great attack news. on Sunday. And he was doing two shows, two stand-up shows. Mm-hmm. And after his first show, he was just feeling terrible and ended up canceling his second show, which his doctors informed him probably saved his life. He had a 100% blockage in one of his arteries. And he posted one of the most like prolific 
statements I have ever read. I don't mm. know if you saw this. I have. I retweeted that. this. Really. And it was this whole discussion because his father died. I don't know if it was exact, if it was a heart attack, whatever it was, but I've heard him tell this story many times of what kind of like pushes him to do a lot of his projects and stuff like that. He relates it to his father who lived his life very conservatively, good person, did all the right things. And when he died, Kevin Smith was there and his father was just screaming and yelling right until the end. Like just, you know, you Holy don't, shit. you don't want to die. And it had such an impact on him that you can do everything right. And then at the end you're screaming and it's, it's like this huge, uh, departure from yeah. life anyway wow so he's telling it from his perspective that he assumed he would have the same kind of death ex experience and he said during all of this he was shockingly calm like he had come to peace that this was it it was a this was over he had zero complaints about all the things he's done in his life and here he lives through it i thought this was pretty profound for a facebook post oh, damn wow but i mean what what more could you ask for in your life that there you are you are staring at death and you have no regrets. You're you're happy with the the ride you have had. Yeah. And now he's on like bonus time, essentially. Uh geez. Welcome to the wrestling podcast, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. John Pollock and Wei Ting with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm I, in a way, I'm. I mean, this is a t this is terrible news, but I'm also oh, no. kind of happy for him that he was able to, um, I essentially create his life as, uh you know, something satisfactory. Oh, I think it's... He feels he, like he, he, he... He escaped what was a near-death experience, and what a way to view your life after going through something like that where you are staring at the edge and you yeah. are given a, a reprieve. We really don't... It's it's really tough to have that type of perspective unless you go through something like that. So um, I hope he... I hope this borrowed time lasts forever because I, I think that type of uh, education is, is really important for almost everybody. So moving on, um, I just thought that was really uh, something interesting. Yeah, we're gonna go through raw at the end of the show. Uh, after your feedback, we're also gonna go over me and Way and our WrestleMania week schedule of what it what shows Way and I are gonna be attending because we, much like I'm sure a lot of our listeners, have been trying to plot out their New Orleans trip, mm -hmm. and there is a lot to choose from, which. We are compiling up at postwrestling.com. We have a master list of all the events going on. And a lot of people have been uh, sending in uh, information, matches, and we're trying to get as complete a list as possible. So that is uh, up on the website. But me and Wei will go through our itinerary for WrestleMania week, and maybe we will get to see some of you listeners. So uh, I feel at the beginning of this, we'll, we'll talk about the actual promo later, um, but we can talk about the Brock Lesnar stuff. Uh, yeah. So this was a uh, total storyline. Brock was never at the building on Monday night. And I think when you watch this promo, like the end is, this is perfect. Like this is everything you wanted here. Yep. This match is obviously happening. Brock is obviously coming back. And you have made Roman Reigns a babyface at least for one week. Mm -hmm. Best promo of his career. And I thought this was really smart on their part in that they turned everyone on Brock you mixed in reality, which to me is the key to being a very believable promo. And uh, when Brock comes, Brock's advertised in two weeks, I think you have a much more interesting main event after tonight and what they did holding off Brock, which was a unique move given that they did advertise this guy. Yeah, advertising him only to take him away. 
so that you could put the heat on him, I think is actually very smart for this type of storyline. And maybe they justified it in their mind that they were giving Rhonda, they were providing Rhonda to this audience Mm -hmm. that she had been kind of mentioned locally, but this was, Mm -hmm. maybe they felt that was the make good. So was Brock even in town this weekend? Well, he was definitely in town because that photo was with Dana White on Sunday in Vegas. We know that that was taken on Sunday? That was taken on, well, that was according to Dana White. It was taken on Sunday. Uh, Mm -hmm. He spoke to John Morgan. And yes, Dana White has been known to to lie. So, I mean, you can take that with a grain of salt, I guess. Mm. But um, do I think Dana White is uh, working with the WWE to get this angle over? I don't. Why not? Uh, Because I don't see Dana White doing pro wrestling angles. As a favor? Hey, Dana, tweet this photo out. Mm. I don't see that being out of the question. Well, I mean, he was... If you recall, when the WWE sent The Undertaker to the UFC card with Brock to yeah. shoot their own angle, mm-hmm. Dana wasn't crazy about that. So you think Brock Lesnar was flown into town just to visit the UFC? Uh, he might have legitimately been meeting with the, with the UFC. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility to me. Interesting. Well, the fact that we're even questioning it, I love. I love not knowing. Well... He was he was not at the building though on on Monday night. I spoke to several people that um, that was that was the case, and I, I think that it it worked effectively. Like I think that this was a good first week to build up this Lesnar Reigns match. That I don't know how much interest there was coming out of last night versus this promo that I think at least has put it in the right direction. I thought today, tonight was a step forward. You accomplished more without Brock than with Brock. Had they done a face-off segment, for instance. But let's get into the show. Coming out of Elimination Chamber, they started by replaying the majority of the Ronda Rousey angle, and they got all their value out of this video package because this Ronda angle must have aired four times on the show. Yeah, severely edited. Uh, did In this first segment, Kurt had a flawless performance. WrestleMania 31. Well, we learned so he was doing this promo with double pneumonia. So yes, that's right. Uh, I I mean, you know, the, you can look at Sunday as sort of uh, their shooting of raw material, and literally, because this material aired on Raw in uh, edited form, and it worked out fine. Yes, it was the uh, it was going to the comedy club to do the special before you film the special. That's kind of what uh, it could be akin to. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss and Mickey James came out. Mickey was just the heel now, I think. Is that what you took? She was kind of um, like holding her tongue during this entire promo, but I mean, by the end of it, she was siding with the heels. I think her her turn wasn't necessarily a heel turn. It was more just her deciding to be cool with Alexa again. Uh, but somehow she was kind of roped into the heel team here. It, it hasn't really been explained. I still, you know, don't don't necessarily feel like they're done with that story. Yeah, so she was just here kind of as the bodyguard for Alexa. Cole says it is assumed it will be Alexa Bliss versus Asuka at WrestleMania. They recap both women's matches from the Elimination Chamber, and then Bliss and Mickey. The announcers are recapping the Chamber match, the Nia Nia match with Asuka, but Bliss and Mickey are just standing in this ring for the longest time, just waiting and waiting and waiting while her music played. Alexa goes over a win, making history by winning the chamber match, and calls Mickey an amazing person, a future Hall of Famer. Sure. Of course, yes. Yeah. 
She has learned so much from her. The whole locker room can learn from her. And then she goes through the opponents. She said that Mandy and Sonya have a bright future, just not while she's champion. Bailey is a sad situation. And Sasha, she capitalized on Sasha's worst characteristic, having a massive ego. And this is not her year. I'm going to, and she pointed up to the sign, WrestleMania. I've always wanted to do that. That little point. I want to do it now. Everyone. Uh, I mean, that should be a photo op at Access, is that you can point to a WrestleMania sign and get a landscape photo. I'm pretty sure it is. They have, they to have point the, to the sign? They have the giant sign there. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, she says she's going to break Oscar's streak and will finish the job that Nia Jax started on Sunday night. Before we get into Oscar's portion of this, I thought um, another very strong promo from Alexa. Mm-hmm. She has just tremendous poise. Um, in these situations, and maybe it is watching Kurt really stumble through these and how flawless Alexa is in these situations where this woman has a lot to remember as well. And I think she pulls this off very well. She's one of the better uh, promo deliveries and someone that I would assume is not having all that leeway to just jump around. I think she's probably uh, much more rigidly scripted than um, some of your top performers, for instance. I think there's a good reason why she's been the champion of other brands she's been on for the past two years. And it's because she can lead segments like this all on her own. She does a great job. With the exception of This Is Your Life. We know she has her limits. Mm -hmm. Asuka comes out and Alexa knows she isn't healthy and says that Naya should be in the match too. And then this being she wants it to be a three-way so Naya can assist her. So she starts speaking slowly so that Asuka can understand her. I know your English is not great, but your body language is saying different. Now, she said it very slowly. She did not do the Japanese accent, which I think would have offended many people. This audience did not care for this, though. Like, not in the good kind of heel heat either to me. I found they thought this was being, I don't know. It's. I think they had flashbacks to the Jinder Mahal, Shinsuke Nakamura stuff. Sure. What did you think of this? A heel being a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, Naya comes out, and Asuka attacks Bliss and Mickey. Jackson takes down Asuka. It's a big fight. Bailey and Sasha run down for the save, but all the baby faces get laid out, and Bliss, Mickey, and Jax, they leave together, and we go to the commercial, and apparently they got backstage and were ushered right back out for a match that we began as the commercial ended. Yep, yep. Yeah, I thought it was a fine segment, you know. Um, kind of had to... With, with with people like Mickey and Sasha, who are kind of going through a bit of a transition period, you kind of had to reel them back and reset them a little bit. So Sasha came back out here. She's been flirting with turning into a heel for a long time now, but every week she kind of resets back as that default heel. Never necessarily just coming right out and, and, and giving you that full-blown heel turn yet. So watching all of this, do you feel that it is more likely now that it will be Asuka and Alexa at WrestleMania? No. You still think, feel Asuka jumps. Well, I mean, Fastlane has a women's title match. Yes. And it, if I was them, it wouldn't necessarily make sense for, to build Asuka versus Charlotte yet mm-hmm. until after that match. Yeah, it just seems they were... They were definitely presenting this as this is the next, this is the last woman for Asuka to kind of topple. And Alexa. and Alexa, Alexa's last challenge. She's already beaten Alexa. Uh, she has. Do people remember that? 
It wasn't that long ago either. It was only a month I mean, and a half I, ago. I remember it. I'm personally a lot more interested in a Charlotte match. I think they're going to give you that little... I mean, they're going to lead you this direction, and then, mm-hmm. and then they're going to get you... Uh, Charlotte versus Asuka is a more exciting match, in my opinion. I mean, the same... If you if you flip it, I mean, what is there for Charlotte then on SmackDown? Yeah. I mean, the Becky match we discussed, I mean, she is completely a forgotten character. Like, mm-hmm. there's nobody on SmackDown for Charlotte, so... I think just for that reason, yeah. Charlotte and Asuka feels the better direction of they, the two. They also wouldn't announce that stipulation of, of the Rumble winner being able to choose either brand if they weren't going to do that with one of the winners. So then we had the six-woman tag. Michael Cole recaps that Sasha literally stabbed Bailey in the heart. <laughs> Graves corrected him saying, no, that is a metaphor, Cole. He's very bad with the literallys, and Graves always calls him on it. Bailey and Bliss were in for a very long time, and then Banks just tagged herself in. Coachman says that just like John Cena, many of these women don't have a road to WrestleMania. They're all looking for uh, their Uber driver for WrestleMania. Jax drops Sasha on the floor with a running shoulder block, and they go through the break. The best part was Banks got knocked down on the floor, and right as they're going to break, the guy in the front row yells, Why are you such a bad friend? I think that's making the most out of your front row ticket right there. That This guy got his value here yeah. because he's being recapped now. I know. This was a great line. I re- rewound to make sure I heard this right. <laughs> we come back. Eventually, the tag is made to Asuka, who fires up a lot of great offense here with a spin kick to the head of Naya, high knee to Mickey. Bailey returns, taking out Bliss. There's a flying armbar to Mickey by Asuka, and then she grabs the leg so she can't get the rope break, and Mickey submits. Did you recap the portion where Sasha was reaching for the tag? Oh, I skipped over, like, the most important part of the match, because (laughs) this was as Sasha had the heat on her forever. She finally gets over to her corner. Bailey has her hand out, and she hops down to the mat, leaving Banks for dead, and... Sasha recovered pretty quickly then and then made the hot tag to Asuka. But this was Bailey not taking any more shit from Sasha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the development there, further building that storyline. It You know, in a, manner, uh, in, a, in a few short weeks, they've managed to make that Bailey-Sasha thing a, a lot more interesting than it was prior. And it further builds Asuka. So I, I think everything's in good shape for those two matches. And I don't get the, f- the feeling that they're going like a full heel turn yet with either one. I think both are kind of justified in their mm. actions with Sasha being obsessed with this title and will do anything for it. And Bailey just being sick of being the punching bag and showing some, uh, showing some backbone here with Sasha. So I think they're Bailey, especially here, very justifiable in her actions. Definitely something to, rem- to remember too, is that we have six weeks out yes, until WrestleMania. Exactly. And in that amount of time, you have a lot of story that you should tell, so that you could peak for WrestleMania. I mean, we saw kind of with Jericho and, and Owens last year where they, you know, by the time they got to Mania, I, I think they actually did a great job because that... that um, Festival of Friendship Festival was of Friendship. early February. If really? You, yeah. It was... I mean, that was one where, yeah, they did that angle really early in comparison to when they still had another pay-per-view to well, go. Owens was still champion that was, when that happened. That was the turn, but then you also had to build up that the, the actual rivalry, right? 
I mean, I think six months is a lot of, sorry, six weeks is a lot of time for them to tell the story that they need to tell. And perhaps by the time we get to Mania, we will get a full-blown Sasha heel. John Cena came out. He stares at the sign. He failed last night. He said he was rushed into a room with a microphone and he was demoralized, almost saying that, don't listen to my Raw Talk interview, folks. It was just me being Hmm. raw. Did you watch any of this? Uh, Just in recap form, actually. Um, He says, failure is tough. Your character is put to the test when your back is against the wall. And that time is now for him. And he took five minutes to feel bad for himself on Sunday. But then he decided, I'm going to figure this out. He failed at the Rumble. He failed at Elimination Chamber. No one else will step into this ring and state that they failed. And the fans are chanting, what? And they boo him and he stops. And he said, you go through failure alone and you either stay down or you get up. So he goes and says, I'm going to do something I should have done a long time ago. He's going to make a WrestleMania challenge to The Undertaker. And the place goes nuts. And Cena does the big sell for the match. He says, 39 WrestleManias between the two of us, but we've never met at WrestleMania. And the crowd's going crazy. And then he says, but that match is not happening. He doesn't make the matches around here, and he has been told that that match is impossible. His road to WrestleMania is going to have to go through SmackDown. He's a free agent. He's showing up there Tuesday night at the Staples Center, and he will do whatever it takes to earn a WrestleMania spot. Yeah, great job, I thought, from Cena here. I thought rather heavy-handed with that tease, but I think you have to be that heavy-handed with it at this point. Um, Six weeks out, I think Cena's job right now is to plant the seeds in there for that Taker match, while at the same time, potentially trying to build himself in the main event for Fastlane. I think that there's, it's kind of like the intrigue now with the Undertaker program is introducing it and then taking it away from the people or Undertaker not accepting the challenge. And it's the challenger that has to goad him out of retirement or or back into the match. That way you kind of help the, by by making somebody draw a reluctant Undertaker out of retirement, you kind of make that retirement stipulation, uh, you feel a bit more legitimate and you don't have audiences groaning that, hell, oh, this guy faked the retirement. Well, and to do this, like Cena has to kind of assume the, the heel role, much like Shawn Michaels did, to kind of goad this guy into that match and play. But not necessarily heel. Not overt. Yeah. But I think he has to. Yeah, he has to be the one to essentially bully The Undertaker to come back. Sure. Um, so, I mean, all the. All this leads up to, I think, that the, the Nakamura match at Fastlane makes mm-hmm. sense. Does it almost make it too lame duck to do this match with him and Nakamura? Like, oh. the cards are, like, right there on the table. I think, you know what? I mean, I think a lot of it depends on the promo leading up to it. I think Cena will do a fantastic job. And I think the match itself, we saw it one time, and it was one of Nakamura's best WWE main roster matches. So on a bigger stage, I think the fans will... Will be will enjoy the match enough and want to see that match enough in order in, in order to not shit on it. I think that the key to Tuesday's angle mm-hmm. is that it's not Cena confronting Nakamura, it's Cena confronting AJ Styles, and that is the tease you're going to give people. Here is this, like one of the best matches the WWE had last year, mm-hmm. and the hard push 
is teasing that match at WrestleMania and AJ wanting that match that it casts some doubt into mm. the audience kind of wants this match. Tricky though, because then do you want to... You have to do that, yeah. I feel. But do you want to, uh, you know, risk the audience being disappointed when they they realize they're not going to get that match? And I don't think the audience will be disappointed because we've seen that AJ Cena match a few times already. We haven't seen Nakamura AJ yet in the WWE. I think if it's done correctly and the consolation is styles and nakamura Mm -hmm. i don't think there's a big risk in that and it at least makes this match there's an air of believability as opposed to zero at the same time winning this at the same time though aj himself has a title match at fast lane so cena has to kind of direct that well you have to kind of position it that both come out of fast lane and it's the the dream match the the dream rematch um at WrestleMania that... You don't think it'll be Dolph Ziggler, John Cena? That's my... Well, my maybe that's the other direction. Maybe John yeah. Cena confronts Baron Corbin yeah. and says, first time ever. Uh, not first time ever. They had that awful SummerSlam match, which I've put out of my head. But Cena being in the mix on SmackDown, I think SmackDown sorely needs it right now. What are you talking about? This yeah. thing's firing on all cylinders, uh, Way They're on the fast lane. Uh, but the addition of just that Cena-Nakamura match at the top of fast lane completely reinvigorates that card, in my opinion. Because otherwise, they that, that show really needs help. So that is likely for... Um, that's And that's not me... Um, you know, having knowledge of this, but that just makes total sense to me. And WWE booking this time of the year, it's typically, it makes sense. If not Nakamura, who else then? Oh, there's nothing else. I don't think there's Rusev? any... No, like it wouldn't yeah, be a title no, shot. It's, I, I think that you're complicating things he, if you're overthinking this. I guess he could always ask to be put into that six-man. Is it a five-man or six-man? It's a five-man at okay. the moment. Yeah. God, that sounds awful. Yeah. Sasha Banks and Finn Balor. This is the new rule on our shows is that the selfie promos, we only recap the words that they feel are valuable enough to emphasize. So Sasha Banks and Finn Balor. You can bank on losing too sweet. And then we cut to Miz and Asuka. (laughs) Are going to embarrass bank on it. Tuesday night, folks. Mixed match challenge. Every promo should be recapped like that. Way is the only Canadian watching this. Bray Wyatt makes his entrance. Heath Slater and uh, Rhino are in the ring, and he just starts killing these guys. The bell doesn't ring. He danced with Slater before hitting the sister Abigail. He's really crazy now. Oh, my He's God. He's dancing with people. And Bray cut a promo. Look what you made me do. He has to hurt these innocent men. It's Matt Hardy's fault. He led them to slaughter. The Great War is far from over. Great. Awesome. Not great. So he'll face him again. This time he will make sure that your woken eyes stay shut. He's coming for Matt in a in a stitch in a stitches match. I think all can be forgiven if they deliver on like a really fun stipulation match. That's not as bad as the Chamber of Horrors, but some but you know, give me some semblance of, of maybe I think what, what we want from this Matt Hardy character. Maybe you should go this next week and watch the New Day Hardy uh the New Day match with the Wyatts yeah. on the compound and mm-hmm. and then maybe that is what they're building to way. Yeah, I know, I know. What what's funny is that on the pre show mm-hmm. like I almost like the idea of them getting super creative and doing it in an empty stadium. Hmm. Okay. Like a pre-produced yeah. empty stadium match that airs in the spot of the opening kickoff match that's empty anyway. Mm. So we're not drawing attention to a match that has no people watching it. 
Do you think that could work? It's an interesting idea. Um, it seems like it's a lot of work to do for a, a kickoff match, though. Well, it's like, why do this then? If you're not going to make I a big production out of it, then why are we even doing this feud? Why, why are they even yeah. these characters? I think you can do some final deletion type of stuff if you end the, the match in the arena. I feel it's touch and go on Jeff, and it could end up being some tag match, which I just feel with Jeff, it'd be like, you know what? My, my shoulder, I'm... Tag match, you think? With who? Bray Wyatt and who? Then? Oh, God. Pick someone. Yeah. Someone falls out of the sky and I just his partner. I just hope that they don't do another straight-up wrestling match, which is, I think, the last thing anybody wants. You know, a trilogy of straight-up flat wrestling matches with these two. Yeah. Um, we got another recap of the Rousey angle. I feel they should have gone total Jackie Brown here, and we should have been able to watch this angle from four different perspectives. Like, we get Rhonda's vision, oh, Kurt's vision, Stephanie Hunter. Okay. Travis we, Brown's. Oh, Travis Brown. Dude, he, that guy was having a lot of fun in yeah. the front row. Did you see that Instagram video? I did. That's my brother! <laughs> Yelling at Braun. I know. Those two are strikingly similar. Yes. Is that a possibility someday? <sighs> I really hope the possibility isn't the guy who was left laying at the end of tonight's match or tonight's angle hmm. literally the Miz Taraj came out and they're teasing that Miz is going to announce his opponent for Wrestlemania he runs down the suburb of Anaheim and he says Kurt Angle takes all his stars for granted he will become the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time in 62 days which is kind of like creative math like when you say longest reigning come by Combined reigns as well. Exactly. It's yeah. his multiple reigns combined, not a uninterrupted reign that Wayne Ferris still holds mm-hmm. uh, the the record of. So. Still something to promote. It's though. something. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Sure. Why not? He, he, uh, and that reign is currently held by Pedro Morales. Yes. Miz went over all the guys that do not have this record. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Pedro Morales, Edge, Jericho, Roman Reigns. None of them are him. And this instantly entered my mind is that Miz comes out of if he challenges this, this time, actually, you don't even need it to challenge this record Miz versus Pedro Morales, Pedro Morales. Yeah. Oh. Um, is Miz starts bragging about all the champions he's better than. Mm-hmm. And then he drops Kurt Hennig's name. Interesting. Like, isn't he one of the first people you think of? I Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a reason to do a title match of yeah. substance with Curtis Axel, just for something. I, I love that idea. Uh, I think it's a great, I think, um, nod to anybody who was a fan of Mr. Perfect. I just don't know if they see that in Curtis Axel beyond maybe a Raw match. And there might not be much there. I'm saying this is just... I love if you're going to do this yeah. and you're going to, it's almost crazy that you're not bringing up Kurt Hennig's name, because I think when you, when you list off popular intercontinental champions, he's you? one of the first you think of. Didn't IRS hold the, the title? Not the intercontinental. Oh. Okay. Too bad. He says he should be the main event of WrestleMania and face Brock Lesnar. And it is, uh, the most prestigious title in the WWE, the IC title. So he asked Kurt Angle what he's doing at WrestleMania, and Kurt said that his opponent tonight might affect his match for WrestleMania. And Miz is pissed that he's getting this runaround and not a concrete plan for WrestleMania weekend. So out comes Seth Rollins mm-hmm. to answer this challenge. Good promo from the Miz. It's a, it's kind of like he's 
I almost worry that it's almost become a little cliche now. Him entering his talking smack mode where he just gets all really angry and just you can tell like he uses a lot of real motivation in his anger. And I'm sure, uh, you know, him not getting a prime spot at WrestleMania, uh, maybe he reaches into some of that for his method acting here. But very entertaining. Very, very good promo. The bigger story to this promo is that he is now at peace at uh, his wife expecting that weekend. I guess so. You're right. Well, I, well wasn't I mean, this a big uh, source of concern for him on the show? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle it on the show. You're going to have to watch Ms. and Mrs. to find out. Maybe Maurice will be in his corner going to labor Maybe. at WrestleMania. In his corner? be quite the place to be born. You know what would happen if, if she gave birth and they're walking backstage with their newborn baby? Stephanie would pop out. What a WrestleMania moment, <laughs> which is the funniest yeah. part of that 24 documentary, <laughs> is Stephanie, who's like the robot of this company and their language, utilizing this in a semi-real setting. I can totally see this woman using WrestleMania moment in just everyday yeah. conversation. You're referring to the Cena and Nikki proposal. Yes, after the proposal and they're backstage and Stephanie's head just pops out uh, commenting on their WrestleMania moment. So Miz and Seth Rollins had a match. Cole, Cole put over Rollins lasting longer in a match than anyone in Raw's history last week. And uh, they went through the commercial break. Rollins landed a springboard clothesline, sling blade, blockbuster. Uh, went through a ton of different moves. Rollins scaled to the top, and he nearly slipped before regaining his footing and hitting the superplex. Michael Cole was in awe of this man's athletic recovery here. And it was impressive. I mean, he could have just spilled and looked like a fool. And not only hit the superplex, right into the Falcon Arrow. Yeah. I mean, this guy is seamless. Mm -hmm. Dallas and Axel get taken out with a suicide dive, and then he hits all three with a suicide dive. Inside the ring, Revolution Knee is delivered to Miz. And then Miz is laid out across the ring. Like three quarters of the way is how the announcers described it. He might have been 90% across. No, not that far. He was really far. Not 90%. So I'm going to say 70 70%. Okay, we need a, a mathematician. Maybe Dana Brooke can can get some stats mm -hmm. on the distance between turnbuckle and target. And we could... I was... I was, All right, pretty damn far. I'm trying to give this guy like some an, accolades like an, like, here, and you're just trying to just... Do, ah, whatever, I'm I could here, do this. I'm here for the truth. And he hit this splash. Mm -hmm. Looked good. It did look good, and he pinned him. I'm so glad this was the finish. I thought he was going to kick out of this. Mm. And... When Michael you, Cole. When you go further, you see there's more velocity, so it hurts more. Yes, exactly. Michael Cole yells, that's the stuff cruiserweights do, not Seth Rollins. I'm thinking Michael Cole has never watched a Seth Rollins match in his life. Mm. This guy does more than the cruiserweights do. Yeah. Does 10 times what the cruiserweights do on 205 Live, mm -hmm. at least up until recently. Um, so Seth wins. I was, I was torn on this. Like... Fine win for him. Really impressive finish. But what what was the purpose of last week with Seth? Like, uh, to get this guy up and ready for an IC title program? Like, it just felt as though, why last week was that the week to do this superhuman effort and then beat him on Sunday, and now he's in this... Well, first of all, Seth wasn't even supposed to be a part of that match. 
You know, some at some point during the whole process of Jason Jordan being injured and them having to build that match to for Elimination Chamber, they decided to do a gauntlet match. And I think there are only a few people in the, in the company that you can rely on to do something like that. And if you're going to have a long two-hour gauntlet match, Seth Rollins is somebody I would put in there for a long, long time to ensure that you have quality wrestling throughout those two hours, most of those two hours. So I guess my question is, why did that match need to be there last? I really enjoyed it last week, but now in hindsight, could that have been saved for, you know, post-WrestleMania when you need a challenger? I mean, I don't don't know. Like when Rollins needs that, when he needs that, when you're getting him ready for a main event position. I personally don't think Rollins was really meant to be the focus of what came out of that last week. He ended he up being... He was booked to go an hour. Completely, yes, I understand. But, I mean, coming... That the, that match was made to build to the Elimination Chamber. And it was, you know, just meant to drive interest to that match and get you thinking that maybe any of these people participating could be champion. Coming out of it, I don't necessarily feel like Rollins had anything big planned for WrestleMania anyway beyond, you know, what looks to be an IC title match. So, at least we can give them credit that they are uh, continuing to, to push him uh, by giving him wins heading into WrestleMania. I think they have really hit on something with him positioning him as sort of this man of, like, incredible athletic talent. And he should just go out there and do shit like, you know, wrestle for an hour on Raw, uh, crazy long frog splash, and next week maybe... Um, I don't know. Maybe he'll juggle while he's, you know, delivering that revolution knee. Parkour. Parkour. John Morrison's gimmick. Sure. But I think positioning him as a guy who just does these tremendous physical feats is a really great gimmick for him because he is somebody who you can rely on to do stuff like that. I just think that if if you're going to beat Roman Reigns and John Cena, much less consecutively, that should be really important. That wasn't even brought up tonight. I don't Mm -hmm. think that was even mentioned. Right. Um, Yeah. They gave so much to him, and it's just the timing is also key. So I do have to wonder, you know, like how many of those pieces are finally falling in place right now for WrestleMania? Like if The Rock was around, maybe Kurt Angle wouldn't be a part of that Ronda match, and therefore Angle would be free to have a match with somebody else. Maybe Miz, maybe maybe Seth. Yeah, and I would say at this point you'd almost have to imagine that the 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 card at least the key matches are all kind of locked mm-hmm. in place now like i would imagine now they they know where they're going at this yeah. point but you're right like maybe 3 weeks ago they thought there was a there was some hope of getting Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. and i'm sure when that limo pulled up that's what people were led to expect i i wasn't expecting it uh well i mean it was a tease right of yeah. a surprise yeah. and it ended up being it was, it was, I, I thought it was Ronda, but uh, probably it was meant to be Triple H and stuff. I think that limo spot was kind of just strange because that's because they didn't. You're teasing off. a surprise, and there was no there was no payoff to it. I think there's you're, we're just supposed to assume that it's Triple H and stuff that that ride in the limo because they're the authority, right? And Brian apparently just st- stared into the window and uh, couldn't tell that it was his hated rival Triple H in there. <laughs> Finn comes out. Rollins is just confused at why this guy's coming out. And Rollins just goes to the back. And then we come back. And all of a sudden, there's a match going on with The Miz and Finn Balor. Angle made this match during the break. And it's just like, what a dick. Like, The Miz just goes through this long match. It's like, 
Yeah, what did the Miz do to deserve this? Yeah, it's like Kurt to me is just uh So not only that, but but Angle says that if there's no winner, Miz won't go to WrestleMania. This made no sense. He said Okay, well, first of all, they did the 22-second version of this where Dallas and Axel just jumped Balor and the DQ was called. So then Angle appeared, stating that the Miz-Balor match is going to happen. The rest are banned from ringside. There will be a winner, or else Miz isn't going to WrestleMania. Coachman, confused by this, said, Well, I guess the winner of the match doesn't matter, just as long as there is a winner. Which is kind of right. If Miz loses this match, he's in better standing (laughs) than if they have a double countout. That's very true. <laughs> this yeah. this was just strange. Graves is just losing it. He's just asking, like, what's going to happen? Is Outback Jack or T.L. Hopper going to be one of uh, Mrs. Partners here? I love those random Outback Jack references. I know. This came out of nowhere. Yeah. They went through a break. Coach says, Miz goes along. He never complains. And Michael Cole just jumps down his throat saying, what? He's made a career out of, be- out of being a complainer. So Coachman says, quote, well, tonight, after he was done complaining, he didn't complain about having to compete. <laughs> to get it straight. Um, they state that The Miz has been in this ring for over 30, mi- 30 minutes, which I mistakenly wrote for over 30 years here on my notes. Uh, sling blade, running dropkick into the corner. Miz is down. Balor hits the coup de gras. He beats Miz as well. Mm-hmm. The prestigious intercontinental title, getting a thrashing tonight. And... Uh, did you have a preference uh, match versus match here? I think I like the Rollins match more. Yeah. Uh, this Balor-Miz one felt a bit more standard fair to me. Renee interviewed Rollins, and he doesn't know what Balor's trying to prove. He just beat a guy that I just beat before him. You have to go 65 minutes like me to stand out. And he says he came up short at Elimination Chamber. There's more than one road to WrestleMania, and he knows how to pave his way. He knows what he wants. I want the Miz. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, from the looks of it, it looks to be some type of multi-main intercontinental championship match. Do you think that there will be more than these three involved? Who comes to mind for you? In the past, they've done that ladder match with six people. Oh, and doing a ladder match. Mm-hmm. I guess that's possible. Um who are you? I'm just looking at the raw side here. I don't. Who else is on that mid card? Well, it's like you're looking at your chamber guys. Like, would Braun fit into a match like that? Like, Braun is kind of this weird missing piece at the moment. That just given what they did on Sunday, I can't imagine they're just throwing him into mm-hmm. some stupid match Braun, that makes no sense. Braun definitely needs a bigger match, but there there are going to be guys like Elias who are just kind of drifting. Pardon the pun. Um, Matt Hardy, Bray, I suppose they kind of got their own thing too. But, I mean, I don't mind a three-way between the th- these these few. I, I do want to see a stipulation added to it, though. You know, I think the combination could use it, whether it be a ladder or something else. See, I think most people just want to simply see Rollins and Balor. Yes. I think that's the combination, but mm-hmm. you do need something for the Miz as well. Mm-hmm. So you, Keep in mind, uh, for Balor... Because it's WrestleMania, they have to figure out a way to work the demon in as well. Yeah, probably. Um, oh, for sure. He's not going to not do the pain at Mania. Yeah, you should probably have that. Mm-hmm. So and, he's, he's, that means he's going to job prior to it. and then, uh, But when he puts the pain on, it's special. 
Then we showed uh, Stephanie on, on Raw Talk setting up the Rousey segment for tonight to clear the air. This WrestleMania commercial that they've been running uh, features Kid Rock. I love this ad. Do you? I don't know what I like the most about it, okay? There's the Kid Rock song, first of all. Yeah. That, that's to be applauded. Mm-hmm. Then we've got John Cena and Nikki having their big kiss after the proposal. And then we cut to a, two fans with a guy and his girlfriend. And the guy's lifting his girl into the air, kissing her as these two are in their John Cena shirts. There's a close-up of a fan wearing a progress shirt. Oh, I didn't notice that. There's so much to enjoy okay. in this WrestleMania spot. Interesting. I think it's the the image of the the two fans in their Cena shirts making out in the uh, the stadium. That's the hmm. the real visual of this ad. But it's quite the ad. Okay, I'll look for that. Roman Reigns comes out. He holds off on speaking as the crowd is booing him. He goes to speak and stated that he's a man of his word after winning the Elimination Chamber match. And he said that uh, he would win the match. He did. And when he says he's going to WrestleMania to beat Lesnar, he's telling the truth. And then he's just doing that, that Roman smirk and shake. The truth is a funny word. I don't know why I'm covering for this guy. He says Brock isn't here tonight. 30 minutes ago, something happened. He didn't show up. Lesnar is an entitled piece of crap that hides behind his contract. And Lesnar was in Las Vegas, but he wasn't at Elimination Chamber. He was out on the strip hanging out with Dana White. And he says that he doesn't respect Reigns or the fans or anyone in the locker room. And everyone's sick of it. And every week, this locker room is running around the world and Brock shows up when the city and the money is right. And I'll always be here. And Paul Heyman's going to come out calling themselves businessmen but he was born into this business. I don't respect Brock Lesnar, and I damn sure don't fear that bitch. And he says, I'm now going to go backstage and take this ass chewing like a man because this was a shoot, brother. I wasn't supposed to say any of this. And this segment just went on. Yeah. And unlike others, he respects this place. And that ended this. And uh, all joking aside, I thought this was maybe Roman's best promo. Mm -hmm. This was everything this program needed. Mm -hmm. It added, um, I think, legitimate legitimate issues into this worked program that I thought did a good job tonight, tonight, of putting Roman in a babyface light. Whether that will hold until WrestleMania is doubtful. But I think they learned from the Cena Reigns program that I thought they almost went too much with those two. It got a little... Every week we had to do this shit, but I think they found a good balance here that they can build this up as this kind of real issue mm-hmm. that they're trying to exploit to get Roman into a sympathetic light with the audience. And I thought he performed very well here. Completely agreed. Uh, I have to say this was probably Roman's best promo in his entire career. I, I think coming off of last night, Myself and probably a lot of other people were thinking, how on earth are they going to sell this match with Brock Lesnar and a babyface Roman Reigns? How? And this was an ace up their sleeve. You know, this was Roman coming out here, receiving a huge amount of booze, and then turning this audience by proclaiming, I'm the wrestler. 
he's the mixed martial artist. He's the guy who would rather be in the UFC. And if we've seen anything from last night, it's that there is a lot of resentment from professional wrestling audiences for these UFC people just coming in and, and making a lot of money on their part-time schedules. And positioning Brock Lesnar as that guy is really, I think, a smart move to turn him from kind of that suplex city baby face into somebody that you could legitimately hate if you're a wrestling fan. So Roman Reigns is fighting on behalf of the Super Samoan Mark Hunt, and he's going for revenge at WrestleMania <laughs> on behalf of everybody. That was another point, too, is that Roman here uh, brought up his lineage and his, I think, you know, genetic attachment to professional wrestling, whereas Brock Lesnar is a part-timer to only coming in to make money, using the business only to make money, whereas Roman... Uh, proclaimed himself as somebody who was born into this. And I, all that worked really well. Roman delivered that promo with great passion. I, I mean, it's interesting to think about what Paul Heyman's response will be to this. Because if, if, if it's anything like previous Brock Lesnar uh, angles, Heyman will manage to come up with a great response that'll make you start siding with Brock again. And is that something they want? Or do you have Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman at, from this point forward embracing that outsider UFC role and playing straight up heels? Yeah, I think uh, he's advertised next for March 12th in Detroit in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the, the focus. It's got to be a really strong Paul Heyman promo. As to, a heel or babyface? I think that you can kind of skirt the line. I I feel there's still going to be that divide amongst the audience. I think that this audience, by the end of this, there were definitely cheers for Roman, but there was also, I think, people that were just almost like, well, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. he, he's saying yeah, things that I want to cheer, but I can't because of this guy. We're conditioned to hate this guy. Yet yeah. I agree with what he's saying. So, yeah, I, I think that this was a real, really effective mm -hmm. for the program. I don't want them to dive into... Like with the Cena Reigns thing, the turnoff for me was they went so inside that I just felt like this stopped being a fun or not fun, but a like a wrestling program. And it just right. became like, let's just shock people with what we're going to say. And that's just stupid. Business. But how much is, is inside, though, when it comes to Brock Lesnar? Clearly, from this point, it seems to me that, that they're using his potentially leaving the WWE to go to the UFC as a storyline angle. For him, I mean, it's it's probably very legitimate as well, but they are using it as a point to make you dislike Brock Lesnar. They're very much like WrestleMania 20. This guy might potentially have this match and then just go fuck off to the UFC to make more money and just leave wrestling behind. They should have showed the photo with Dana. I think, it, yeah, sure. I mean, the mention, I think, was good enough. But yeah, sure, they could have shown it. If they go in with... The, the thing is, it's kind of interesting. Like, if you go with this kind of underlying theme, like, here's the outside MMA guy mm -hmm. against the... The Samoan. The, the, Samo the, the, the wrestling I'm, representative. Yes. It's kind of difficult when you're also trying to present Ronda Rousey as kind of, here's the outsider that we want you to embrace. But, but the difference is Ronda wants want to be here. Treatment. She's the anti-Brock. Yes. They're trying to position. Yes. So... Uh, we followed that with, of course, a selfie promo from Braun Strowman. Noise pollution, symphony of destruction, smash hit in red and blue font. <laughs> Sheamus and Cesaro took on Apollo and Titus in a two out of three falls match for whatever reason. I don't know why. Very, know. very solid ending on Sunday, but we had to do it two more times. Sheamus hit Titus with a bro kick in 11 seconds and they won. 
uh, the first fall. Continued. Apollo made a comeback. Titus fired up on Sheamus. He then went for a powerbomb. He lifted up Sheamus. Are you sure this was a powerbomb? Um, all I'm going to say is that Sheamus was about to pen his own Facebook statement about life and death as he was on this man's shoulders. As he was dropped nearly on his head. Thankfully, it was only his shoulder, which is not a great way to land. Dude, Titus is not good. He almost killed this guy. I'm curious to know what he was thinking or what they were thinking. I don't know, man. But (laughs) granted, Sheamus has had his moments of... of having problems in the ring, but my God, this was, I just held my breath watching this. <laughs> Thankfully, the man seemed okay. Uh, Apollo was tagged in, splash off the top, Cesaro made the save, and then a super white noise as Cesaro pinned Apollo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, it seems like Titus Worldwide has kind of ran its course. Like, they're not going to challenge again after this. You can't possibly put them in a mania even a multi-man tag match after this, can you? They've and lost. they didn't tease any of the the problems that you outlined on Mixed Match Challenge. Like, that seemed like... Mixed Match Challenge. Wasn't there a breakup tease of the... T- of no, no, that was just Nia, like, not wanting anything to do with Titus Worldwide. Oh, okay. I, I'll show, be honest... That show's not canon anyway. Okay. I didn't watch the show. Yeah. So, But, uh, I mean, after this, having these babyfaces lose two straight falls, that to me tells you, okay, they're setting up Apollo leaving this group. Finally, you know, they're setting up Apollo being sick of it because despite, I I think, all these losses, Apollo really has kind of been able to show off these past few weeks. And he's been impressive doing a lot of what he's able to do. So I think the man is primed for like a, a, a singles run away from Titus Worldwide. And whether that is going to happen before or after WrestleMania, I'm not sure. But certainly after WrestleMania. Yeah. Maybe he wins the Andre Battle Royal. I'm not even joking. That's not even about it. Yeah, sure. He's somebody who could, who who's on that level who could actually benefit from it. Charlie interviewed them after. They said that they had Titus Worldwide's number and it was zero. They tell a joke about two men walk into the bar and then said, no one walks into the bar and ever gets up. And they list all the people they've beaten. It was a very bad oh. joke. They said Ambrose got up, but his arm didn't. And don't forget what we did to Jason Jordan. And the crowd was somewhat offended by this. Right. Yeah. Now we like him. Yeah. Yeah. They've defeat. They have uh, defeated all the teams as they're going into WrestleMania. So who do you think? The bar. The way this was set up was that I, I feel it, it should be a SmackDown team. I think so too. I think so too, but who could it be? I mean, obviously the Usos are, are I think, the team that everybody wants to if see. If the options for the Usos are these two or the Bludgeon Brothers, mm-hmm. I would much rather see the Usos come over and... Like a special... Didn't they do that, though? Well, they just did the Survivor Series yeah. with the champion versus champions. Yeah. Could we, I mean... Or you're going to get some makeshift team together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a high-priority match, but it's... Right. They'll have something. The Hardys? No. That's busy. And they've done that match too, haven't they? Yeah. The club? Revival? No? None of these are really jumping out. The Revival wasn't even on the show. Uh, Then we had the video for Jarius Robertson, who's going to be the Warrior Award recipient. And for those not familiar, uh, Robertson is this 15-year-old who was born with this liver issue 
that was so bad that as a 10-month-old, his parents signed like a, a DNR and had made funeral Jeez. arrangements. Wow. And he survived. And he's had two liver transplants and then launched this organ donation campaign. And like this, this guy's been on WWE programming before. He's got like just such an unbelievable personality. Oh, the most charismatic oh, person gosh. on that roster. He's yeah. he's with The Miz and The Miz is interviewing him at this, uh, at some event. And he asks him, okay, Roman Reigns is your favorite wrestler. Now name your second wrestler. And before he even finishes, he says, John Cena. And he, he ends it just to let you know you are at the bottom of my list. To I'd, the love for, I'd love for him to coach Roman Reigns, this guy. Oh, he was – listen, I, we've talked before about the Warrior War and stuff. I think it's wonderful they're honoring this kid. Th- this video was just it – was, it was heartwarming. Mm-hmm. So anyway, very uh, – I think he's going to have a tremendous speech. I think this kid's going to have like one of the best Hall of Fame speeches at this event. Elias is in the ring. And they chant, walk with Elias with him as he prompts them. And he says that Strowman wants to be him. And he takes issue with his music being called noise pollution. He says that what he did with the bass a few weeks ago was noise pollution. Every word from Corey Graves' stupid face is noise pollution. And so is all of the things the fans say about him. His music's a gift. Braun interrupts. They started with a match, and Braun just chases after him, throws Elias around, splashes him in the corner. It's just Braun killing this guy to no heat. Knocks Elias to the floor, runs him into the barricade. Finally, Elias tries to hide under the ring. He pulls out a fire extinguisher, spraying Braun for the DQ five minutes in, and then runs Braun into the post. After Braun regains his vision, he starts chasing after Elias. They go to the announcer's area. Then a power slam is avoided by Elias with an eye gouge, and he runs backstage. Strowman chases after him, and Elias flees the scene while this limo pulls up in front of Braun, and we can't see inside. We can see the reflection of the cameraman, but we can't see inside the limo. And the closing shot is the camera on the limo. And I thought, given what happened later, I thought way too much emphasis was put on this limo. I mean, Hmm. this is just like automatic in wrestling that you assume there's a big surprise when you see the limo and the cliffhanger. I mean, we knew the Ronda segment was to come, so it had to have been somebody involved with that. Well, I'll be honest. I assumed that it was going to be a big partner reveal. I didn't didn't necessarily think The Rock, but Mm. I thought there was going to be some surprise here given this limo shot at the end of this segment. What Elias and Braun, that looks to be continuing. Do you think that has any WrestleMania ramifications? Oh, yeah. Sing-off at WrestleMania. I mean, it does beg the que- beg the question what Braun Strowman might have for WrestleMania. Yeah, that's a big, because I mean, big void. It's not going to be the Miz right now. Who else? Like, I'd be looking at someone off the roster at this point. Like, this guy has been. You have given way too much to for him to be in there with the Miz or with mm-hmm. Elias. Like, that's just counterproductive to all you've given him that that's your WrestleMania plan with him. So I have to imagine they have something up their sleeve that is significant Mm. for Braun. And you don't want to reveal everything instantly. There should be stuff that's left out there. Mm. Um, I hope it's not Kane. I hope it's not just nothing. It could be. But I mean, even if you're looking at someone coming back, like that's not a role that would really fit for a Goldberg. It's no, um, I know Batista's name was thrown out. Um, that match, though? Yeah, people just throwing ideas out. Yeah. That um, I could see Braun being involved in some type of um, celebrity segment. 
Because I think he'd be actually quite good doing something like that. Maybe he'll host the show. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. He'll play with Kid Rock. Imagine him doing oh, playing ball with a ba. Playing double bass. Brawn with a ba. He'll play bass. Yes. I'm not booking Braun Strowman. <laughs> they plug John Cena for SmackDown. And then next week, Raw in Milwaukee will feature Asuka Nia Jax. Why? I don't know. Man. I don't know what we accomplished on Sunday. So they're going to have to book their way out of that one again. Um, protect Asuka's streak while making Nia look strong coming out of it. And my assumption is that somehow that'll lead to the challenge. But then again, we're still only a week away. Like, we're still two weeks away from Fastlane, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird to do the challenge before um, Fastlane, which yeah. this match, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here with the, doing this rematch again. Um, we will see next week. Final segment. Paul and Stephanie come out. And Stephanie says that last night was supposed to be the highlight of their executive careers. Kurt Angle started hallucinating and said things that just don't make sense. He has double pneumonia. Yeah. That explains the WrestleMania 21. Yeah. 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 He says, uh, Stephanie says that as a result of Kurt's accusations, Ronda took action. And that might be okay in MMA. It's not tolerated here. (laughs) (laughs) And we got another highlight pack of this angle. Stephanie says that Ronda now reports to her. The WWE owns her and she has to learn her specific role. And all of this needs to start with an apology from Kurt. But instead of Kurt coming out, bad reputation plays and Rhonda comes out and it's the, the Rhonda entrance storming to the ring, Mm, mean mugging Stephanie. This was the Rhonda Rousey. That will be an effective character. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kurt runs out. Telling Rhonda to stop. And Rhonda says, I've never been slapped in my life. I won't be disrespected and I'm no one's property. And this is when it dawned on me, Way. They are booking her as the adult L. From Stranger Things. Yes. I'm waiting for her to get a nosebleed here after an armbar. Wow. Like the quiet kid who... The quiet killer that can't... doesn't take any shit. I think that's exactly how Who has superpowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say, I thought Rhonda was great. Yeah. Like, she was tremendous here. For all the apprehension about her speaking ability, I thought her speaking was great here. Well, she came out here, and I think the world was nervous. You know, are they going to limit her speaking? Are they not going to have her speak at all? She came out here and delivered a complete 180 from what we saw last night. It was as if Stephanie's slap had hit a button on the side of her cheek that woke her up. And she felt like a completely different person on this show. Yes. Uh, listen, there's been many uh, stories out there about her her burgeoning acting career and, and whether she can really, she has really any acting chops. This to me was evidence that she can at least play Ronda Rousey as opposed to in MMA where that was very much, that was her. Here she has to essentially method act her own self um, in a fight mode. Mm. And I thought she accomplished it here. Stephanie explains they're not bad people. Um, Oh, but first off, Kurt explains that Rhonda needs to work within the system. And this was the last thing this audience wanted to hear Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle stating. 
Kurt says, listen, Rhonda, I need this job. <laughs> and the, the, the character is just crumbling right. here. And he has to do whatever is needed. And he lied last night. He misheard what Hunter and Stephanie were saying about her. He's had this pneumonia. I mean, this to me was just, I don't know. The, okay. the, the death of Kurt Angle. In, in their defense. They need to make Kurt look like a total bitch in order for him to fire back up in order to join this match. I think that's where it's going. They've yeah. got they've got to take this GM of Kurt Angle mm-hmm. and essentially present him like this is a parody of himself. Yes. He has become a joke to his legacy. Mm-hmm. This fucking suit, suit filler has that been. is just a corporate stooge. Yeah. And he has to realize the Olympic gold medalist mm-hmm. that... Would not take any shit, much like Rhonda. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to get to. Yeah, this is the heat. Um, Stephanie is explaining here that they aren't bad people, wants to make Rhonda the superstar she deserves to be, and then goes to leave and Rhonda says, we haven't addressed the slap. And you need to apologize or I will rip the arm out of your socket. And Stephanie comes back and just with no sincerity apologizes. And then they go to leave like, Stephanie doesn't give a shit. And Hunter just clocks Kurt, just left them here like he was Jason Jordan. And Rhonda starts checking on him, and that's how the show ends. Mm-hmm. Kurt, a defeated man. Rhonda was the star of this segment. I thought Stephanie was great. I thought Kurt was good too, man. Kurt didn't fuck anything up here. He did deliver all his words yeah. properly. Yeah, I thought his acting was, was good too. Uh... If last night was maybe maybe a ground rule double, okay, or maybe a maybe a, a an error that leads to a, a double, whatever, okay, whatever baseball term that is. Tonight I thought was a home run. I thought they did really well. I thought I thought everything that they were set to execute they did. Um, again, Rhonda. Uh, I was so impressed at how different she was tonight compared to last night. It was not like she had a lot of lines in this one. She had to act in this, and I thought she did well. The best promos on this show were Roman Reigns, Ronda Rousey, ask and me, I'll throw in Alexa Bliss. Like, ask me that 24 hours ago. I'd, I'd be laughing at you. I think both both really delivered big for the two big money angles on this show. I thought Roman and Ronda were tremendous in their roles, and that makes this an effective Raw because I think you pushed forward the, the key matches. Now, the yeah. question, if... If the outcome is this tag match with Kurt and you're going this direction that we've outlined, mm-hmm. I mean, do you have faith that, that Kurt can pull this off? Because that does require a big promo from Kurt. I think seeing how... Can you take the handcuffs off this guy and he can cut an intense promo? I think Kurt will be at his best. Number one, because it's WrestleMania. Number two, because this is his... It's a moment with Ronda Rousey. And I think Ronda will be at her best. I think everybody will be on their A game, rehearsing everything, making sure that they don't fuck anything up, uh, making sure that everything comes across as perfectly as, as it can. And I'm sure all the support will be there to facilitate th- that everything goes perfectly smooth. So therefore, I, I, I do have confidence. And in ring, I think Kurt and Triple H will be will be fantastic. And Ronda, she'll be booked to have some tremendous spots in there, either with Triple H or with Stephanie as well. So that was Raw. 
I thought a, g- a good show. Yeah, uh, compared to last week, certainly not a show that I think left you th- remember remembering any matches that were on this show. The matches were just kind of so-so. But uh, I think anything that was important for WrestleMania, they got across, and they got across pretty well. Let's go to the feedback and hear from you folks. And on a scale of 1 to 10, tonight's show, Drew, what do you think it was? Or have you looked? I actually checked, yeah. A 6.6, which... Better I, than Chamber. Yeah. I think the, the WrestleMania picture is really coming together, especially on the Raw side. I think you can see where all the key directions are going. Um, some good, some bad. Uh we will see where things evolve. But let's go to Sean from Manchester. Very good episode this week. Not sure if the Brock no-show is while well, we went over that. Speaking of promos, I think Ronda came off much better tonight. Yes, she did. Tyler from Orlando. I think the writers may have found Roman's promo to get him cheered on the road to WrestleMania. Talking shit about Brock not being full-time is real, and the crowd really took to that judging by their reaction. Ronda seemed much better tonight than on Sunday. Maybe she, she doesn't need a mouthpiece after all quick idea I had, I had for Mania, a six-man IC title ladder match involving The Miz, Seth, Finn, Elias, Braun, and Joe. Just a way to get six great guys on the show, which will already be a tough card to cram everybody on. That that might be a, a wild card. Some more with Joe. Yeah, with Joe, I'm sure that it's just kind of, like, I don't know the severity of, of like, his, his injury. Like, you know, roughly, like, an injury like that, you estimate 12 weeks but you don't know how severe it was right. i mean is it a significant version of the injury is it is it something that they feel he'll be back on in time the the problem with those injuries that are you know will he be ready or not for wrestlemania it's like you can't be deciding the week out that mm-hmm. this guy's doing the show or not you need to know the month out that you can dedicate television time to build something knowing that guy will be there and as you recall, like Joe was odd man out last year. He was just called up and he, he didn't end up on the show last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I hope he gets on the show. He's yeah, He's been a huge bright spot the last six months. Sean from Toronto, better than average episode of Raw. I thought that the tease of Cena Undertaker only to say the match is not happening was somewhat mean. Of course, this could just be WWE trying to stretch this angle for another month. Well, yeah, they are not teasing that without the promise to deliver it. Things I did not like on the show was Alexa Bliss's racism towards Asuka and the final segment, which sort of made Ronda look like a fool for not seeing through Hunter and Stephanie's charade. At least she came off better than Kurt Angle, the doofus stooge. Brandon from Oshawa. I thought tonight was one of the best promos of Roman's career. They made good use of the Lesnar and Dana photo, and it seemed to get a lot of people behind Roman. Do you think they will continue to push Brock possibly leaving to get him a similar reaction to WrestleMania 20? Also, what do you see for Braun Strowman at this point at WrestleMania? I can't see them doing one-on-one with Elias. Well, yeah, we've we've talked about Braun, but uh, yeah, the Brock thing we've kind of discussed too, and I think that, that really would be the most effective way to get Roman cheered. I think the most effective thing for Elias is a, a performance at WrestleMania. Elias. Not a match. Yeah, yeah, sure. Does something. He wasn't asking about Elias. Well, I'm... Oh, well, well he, I guess he was I mean, we've kind of talked about Braun. Like, there yeah. isn't that one I, I obvious agree. direction. Yep. yep, him coming out, doing a song, getting interrupted. Like, he, if there's a celebrity spot, I think him... He'll get cheered over Kid Rock if they were to do oh, something. interesting. <laughs> I do. I do wonder. But you can throw Braun into a segment like that. Although I feel like you can really, you should be putting Braun into a match, I think, on Mania. 
Andrew from St. John, Rhonda's presentation was 100% improved from last night, and I'm more interested in the animosity now that Stephanie is playing a more clear-cut heel. I want to be convinced when it comes to Bray and his feud with Woken Matt, but they need to do something different. This was a good first step. Sasha Bailey was good. Did I miss Asuka declaring who she was challenging? They have handled this confusingly. Well, they were holding off on that. Jay from Denver, Colorado. Tonight was much better than last week. I felt like we, we got to movement on most of the storylines, but they are going to have to work hard to keep this interesting for another six weeks. The road to WrestleMania is long. I'm excited for another round of Sasha versus Bailey, but I hope we get something new. Maybe tonight was a hint of a Bailey heel turn? That would freshen up the feud for me. And finally here, from Evil. I felt bad for Mickey who had to stand up there looking like a chump when Alexa talked. I'm glad they furthered the Bailey-Sasha feud. I feel it's the only way to bring both of them back to life. I thought almost all the promos were really good, especially the Miz and Romans, because everything they said felt legitimate. I really hope the end of Matt and Bray's feud is that he doesn't just beat him, but deletes his gimmick. Bray leaves for a few months and sorts out his family stuff and comes back with something new. Kurt Angle is now the worst after Bray. They should just hire Eugene as a general manager. All right. That was the feedback. So thank you, everybody, up at forum.postwrestling.com. Before we sign off, uh, looking ahead to WrestleMania week, me and Wei have uh, decided, at least the majority of the shows that we are going to, there's still some uh, some possibilities, uh, depending on our schedule. But Thursday night, we're going to be at Wale Mania. Where should, should we talk about like what's available we like could for people. Do you want me to pull just up? A, yeah, the just like just a bit of a rundown for so that people can know what their options are. Yes, I've a uh, or or uh, maybe not every event, but like to at least highlights. Yeah, the know. the master list. It's on our main page, which um, I'll try and uh, repopulate near the top. But it's also stickied in the uh, the general section of our forum. So, I I, I can just make a tab. Up top, if that's... That'd be wonderful. Sure. I love tabs. Yeah, of course. Uh, So Thursday is when everything starts mainly. You've got Matt Riddle's blood sport happening. uh, And we should kind of clarify that there's there's the WWN experience going on at the Ponchartrain Convention Center. And then there's the WrestleCon events going on at the Sugar Mill. And they're about a half hour apart from one another. Those are the two main places where most of these shows are going to be. To where the lion's share of the events are taking place. So um, given what traffic could be and the distance apart, like I can see people kind of breaking up their days between the bank. Like we'll be going to both uh, throughout ours. So Thursday's got Matt Riddle's Bloodsport at 3 p.m. That includes Matt Riddle and Low Key, Nick Gage against Timothy Thatcher. Uh, We've got... Wildcat Entertainment, which is one of the New Orleans or Louisiana-based groups that is at the Sugar Mill. 8 p.m. that night is Evolve 102, which is headlined by Zack Sabre Jr. and Matt Riddle for the Evolve title. And that's happening at the same time as Wale Mania, which is at Republic New Orleans. NOLA. Republic Republic NOLA. NOLA. Yep. 828 South Peter Street. And if you show up, you might even be treated to a live podcast. From yours truly? Well, you will be. Well, I'm teasing people. Oh, well, that's advertised. So anyway. I can pull off a Brock Lesnar. You don't know that. There could be, Way might uh, have problems. Yeah, John and I are hosting Wallet Mania this year. So show up if you, and, and please say hi if you guys uh, end up making it out. Yes, there'll be guests on the podcast. It's a fan Q&A. So it should be a lot of fun and we'll mm-hmm. get to meet a lot of you. A lot of wrestlers in attendance as well. And of course, Wallet. 
Wale himself. Uh, later on that evening, 9.30 p.m. is the WrestleCon Super Show, which is always one of the big shows of the weekend that's happening at the Sugar Mill. Uh, the main event uh, is going through some changes because Trent Beretta is off of that show. Uh, so it's Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi teaming up, and they have not announced yet hmm. what the new main event is going to be with Trent's injury. Interesting. Uh, 11.55 p.m. that night, is beyond uh, beyond wrestling, which is over at the the PCC. As I am, wow, this card looks really interesting. Matt Riddle, Deanna Perrazzo, Timothy Thatcher, Tony Storm, Joey Janelli, Joey Janella, and Penelope Ford against Darby Allen, Priscilla Kelly, and then Chris Dickinson and Jaka. So, so are these are these a bunch of intergender matches? Yes. Wow. Yes. Matt Riddle and Deanna Perrazzo. That looks fascinating. I don't know this for a fact, but I think Matt Riddle is the most booked guy so far, WrestleMania weekend. I could be mistaken. I'm sure by the end of it, others will have similar levels. But as I've been going through these, I'm pretty sure Riddle has the most bookings so far. Well, that's the thing about this weekend is that you can see a lot of this talent multiple times. Or if you jump around, you'll have many chances to see them. Like, look at this. Riddle's doing low-key, then Zack Sabre Jr., and then Deanna Perrazzo all in one day. On Thursday. That's crazy. That's Thursday. He's going from one show to the next. Wrestling three people in one night, but I mean, I guess that's nothing new for WrestleMania weekend for a lot of This is the chance for these guys. Like, there's some that work eight, nine times in the Mm -hmm. weekend. Friday, 9.30 in the morning, uh, our pals Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are doing a Wrestling Observer live mailbag. And I have to update our master list to include some of the non-wrestling events that are going on. I've mainly just focused on the wrestling shows. Um, Friday morning also has Jim Ross's one-man show, which is happening at the Hilton Garden Inn, just outside of New Orleans. Noon uh, is Progress Wrestling. And that is featuring... uh, They have not announced matches yet, but a lot of big names on this show. Matt Riddle. Uh, Will Ospreay, Tony Storm, Walter, Jimmy Havoc, Travis Banks, Austin Theory, Ginny, the Grizzled Young Vets. So You're expected. Pro- yeah, they've guy. announced a lot of big names. Are and we going to that one? We are going to the Saturday oh, gotcha. Progress okay. Show. Okay. Uh, now, The Crash has a show at the Sugar Mill at noon, and that's got Austin Aries against Penta L0M, Ray Phoenix against Flamita, Ray Horace against Flip Gordon against Laredo Kid, and they also have a six-man, and... This show, depending on if we're up in time, I would I would like to go to this show sure. because uh, we are going to Rev Pro at the Sugar Mill right after that at 4 p.m. So uh, depending on uh, where we are on Friday morning, the crash would be a fun show to go to. So mm-hmm. that's a maybe, but we'll definitely be at Rev Pro at 4 p.m. Uh, head-to-head with Rev Pro is Evolve 103 with Matt Riddle against Daisuke Sekimoto. This guy is crazy. Like, I wonder how many bookings he does have in total here. He's going to have to clone himself. Uh, later on in the night, we have the Hall of Fame on Friday night. Uh, that goes head-to-head with the WWN Super Show, which we are also going to. Uh, that features Keith Lee against Daisuke Sakamoto, Zack Sabre Jr. against Munanori Sua, and Chris Dickinson and Jaka taking on Walter and Timothy Thatcher, as well as Will Ospreay against Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Take a shot every time you hear Matt Riddle on this list. Friday night at 9 p.m. at the Sugar Mill is Impact Wrestling with Austin Aries, Alberto El Patron, Eddie Edwards, Eli Drake, Moose, Trevor Lee, LAX, Caleb Conley, Scott Steiner, and Teddy Hart. And then at 11.55 p.m., we are also going to Joey Janela's Spring Break 2, featuring Joey Janela against the great Sasuke. Winner becomes uh, a government official. 
Mike Quackenbush against David Starr, and Walter against Pierre Carl Ouellette. So we'll we'll try and make it to the crash, but regardless, <laughs> we are going to Rev Pro, the WWN Super Show, and Joey Janela's Spring Break, back to back to back. Are you sure you want to do this? Well, I'm just looking now. I've realized that um, after Rev Pro, we have to go across town to the next to the other venue. But then the WWN Super Show and Joey Janelle, it's in the same venue. So yeah. we're at least in one place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somehow we're going to do shows in it during like, all this time as well. Somehow we're going to have to try to eat. That may sleep not happen. this whole time. That brings us to Saturday. Uh, we've got Pro Wrestling Revolver, Pancakes and Pile Drivers in the morning with Penta L0M and Phoenix against Teddy Hart and Jack Evans, as well as Joey Ryan and Sesh- Session Moth Martina against Colt Cabana and Marty DeRosa. I didn't know Marty wrestled. Marty is wrestling on that show Saturday morning, if you are there. Uh, You and I will be going to Progress at noon on Saturday uh, with the same group announced as the Saturday show, or the Friday show. Uh, ROH is also doing an all-day-long Festival of Honor at the UNO Lakefront Center, and admission to the Festival of Honor is free with your Supercard of Honor ticket, and they're doing a bunch of panels starting at 1230 um, with the Bullet Club, the Kingdom... Dalton Castle, Women of Honor, a best friends game show with the best friends against Colt Cabana and Ian Riccoboni versus Silas Young and Beer City Bruiser, as well as an ROH champions panel. And then that goes into Supercard of Honor that night with Cody against Kenny Omega, which that's going to be a giant show. They have sold almost 4,800 tickets thus far. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big show. That's going to be the second biggest show of the weekend biggest non-WWE show of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 3 o'clock we have Combat Zone Wrestling. Which features Joey Janela, Sammy Callahan, uh, and Will Ospreay against Desmond Xavier, they just announced today. 4 p.m. has Shimmer. Um, Then we've got Supercard of Honor, head-to-head with TakeOver, uh, head-to-head with Style Battle, which features Keith Lee and Nick Gage. And if you're looking for a good deal... I think tickets start at 10 bucks for Style Battle. And for a show that's got Keith Lee on it, as well as I'm sure the eight men in that one night tournament should be really great. Like, that's a probably best bang for your buck is Style Battle. 10 bucks gets you into that show. And then late night on Saturday has Kaiju Big Battelle and House of Hardcore going head to head with one another. And then Sunday, we've got um, another access signing in the morning, followed by uh, WrestleMania. Wow. So that's all, that's what's going on. And that's not even a complete list of everything. Um, there, there are going to be a lot of wrestlers, a lot of wrestling fans in town. Every Waffle House will be jam-packed the entire weekend, I'm sure. Yes. And I know a lot of people are um, saw our, our report last week about the... Like, Louisiana is a commissioned state as mm-hmm. well uh, for professional wrestling. Um, so I hope to have an update in the next week or two, uh, because on March 7th, they're going over some of the moves because pile drivers are technically banned within the state, as is blood. Now, I'm not of the belief that if the WWE wants The Undertaker to do a tombstone, I don't believe they're going to be stopped from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, all I think that when with these commissions is that there should be consistency. Like, if we're going to allow a tombstone, then I think professionals doing other shows should be allowed as well. I don't think that there should be one rule set for one and one for the other. That's all I think that there should be is consistency amongst 
all the groups that are mm. overseen. Interesting. Anyway, so that's the shows um, and the ones that we're going to as well. Anything to add? No, just... Is uh, this daunting to you? I'm really excited, man. Like, I think... This is the year where... This is the most shows you and I are going to get to see mm-hmm. because we don't have a million WWE events to go uh, cover specifically. We can dedicate this WrestleMania weekend to doing a lot of uh, of our shows, mm-hmm. covering uh, tons of different stuff. Um I don't know how we're going to watch it all. I still want to watch all the WWE stuff in there as well. Absolutely. So it's going to be well, a very packed couple of days. We will find time. Yes. And if it means a, a bit of extra coffee, I'm happy to to, to deliver. Yes. I, I'm wired, by the way, because on my way here, I stopped at the Tim Hortons by your house, which mm-hmm. I love this Tim Hortons, by the really? way. Dude, it's packed at like a midnight. Midnight on a Monday night. And I pulled up to the drive-thru and I ordered a decaf. They're like, we don't have decaf. Oh, no. I was like, do you have regular coffee? Yes. Oh, boy. Load it up. I could have made you a tea and lemon. I should have had a tea and lemon because I'm not even going to get to sleep now. Um, But anyway, that weekend, uh, we'll have at least a podcast each day. We're also going to be doing a lot of video content for our Patreon members that are double-double members. Um, Lots of ideas that we have floating around for that weekend. Mm -hmm. And you never know who's going to show up either. I don't know who's going to show up, but a lot of people. What do you mean? I'm just saying that you don't know who Who's we're going to run into. Who's in the limo? Uh, probably a better reveal than we got on Monday night. And the final thing before we wrap up, wanted to uh, make mention of our good pal Robin Black. Uh, he's started to do these live uh, one-man shows. He's uh, he's already done one in Winnipeg, one in London, Ontario, and he's got one coming up in downtown Toronto this Wednesday night at the Rivoli at 332 Queen Street West. Uh, that's happening at 8 p.m., and Way and I are going to be going to it. Um, maybe we'll see some of you there. Uh, it's kind of just a one-man show of Robin talking about his very unique life and unique career. This is uh, one of the most interesting individuals I know. A good friend of both of ours, and I'm looking forward to it on Wednesday night. He's basically the reverse Chris Jericho, where Jericho went from wrestling, wrestling to rock. Robin was the opposite. Yes, and so- even did pro wrestling. Oh, yes, a little yes, bit. Yes, well, yes, he did. He a, took a chair he shot. Took a chair, yes. yes, he bladed. So we will be uh, doing that on Wednesday night, and then looking ahead at the shows this week, which I failed to do at the start of the show. I, I got oh, we had sidetracked. A lot, we had a lot to get through. So let's go through this, and let's hope I can get all this right. This sounds like WrestleMania week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday night, Way and I are back with Rewind to SmackDown to chat all of the shows happening at the Staples Center in LA. Whatever is uh, John Cena, John Cena's angle. Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to be back with WH Park for our monthly show. Uh, We're going to be chatting about a bunch of shows that WH has gone. We're going to preview the anniversary card that's coming up for New Japan next Tuesday. Champion Carnival lineups, the New Japan announcements, lots of Japanese coverage on Wednesday. Then uh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, we've got Keep It 2000 with Brian Mann and Nate Milton welcoming. uh, Do they have a guest this week? They do. Oh, let me bring it up. I think Brian tweeted about it. They're going to be reviewing the June 19th, 2000 episode of WCW Monday Nitro. Week two of Bill Goldberg as a heel. Oh, boy. They are joined by WWE creative underscore ish. Oh, Robert Karpolis. Yes. Awesome. He's a great guest. So that's coming up on Thursday at Mm -hmm. postwrestling.com. Friday, we've got a Patreon show patreon.com slash post wrestling it is the monthly ask away show full hour or so of us taking your mailbag questions which you can post up on the forum 
Um, there's a thread there, correct? Yes, there is. Yes, in the Post Wrestling Cafe section. Okay, go to the Post Wrestling Cafe section. Any questions you want, we will get to all of them on Friday. And then, if that's not enough, Saturday night, I will be back with a post-show after UFC 222, which is actually an uh, intriguing card. I'm not going to say the greatest of all time, but there's a number of interesting fights on it. Headlined by uh, Chris Cyborg defending her featherweight title and Frankie Edgar taking on Brian Ortega. Way's going to be watching it with me. I think you need to get some sleep uh, whenever you can. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I probably should. That, this is the life. This is the life, Way. This is the life. So yes. that is going to wrap things up. Uh, anything else? Any closing hey, words? Hey, uh, I watched the Charlotte uh, photo, oh, tell us. photo booth thing. It's quite good. Oh, of, it was. Of the three or four photo, photo booth things I've seen, Charlotte's is definitely Which ones best. have you seen? I've seen The Miz. I've seen... I believe I saw Cesaro. Cesaro was... I think him yeah. and The Miz were the same, weren't they? They were the same day. Okay. Maybe that's it. They're maybe, separate Maybe episodes, those are so. the only ones I've seen so far. But the Charlotte's is definitely the, the strongest of the, of them all because I think a, a lot... You know, we forget that Charlotte, even though she's only been wrestling for a relatively short amount of time, she's been in the wrestling business for a lot longer than sure. that. Appearing on a number of, uh, of her father's... WCW shows. So you get to see a lot of uh, early footage of Charlotte. Did you know that she was like in the background of like a Starcade 93? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, was, that scene, would have been her first on-screen yeah. appearance. And uh, so so she goes through a whole lot of that as well as a lot of her NXT career and talks a bit about her brother Reed. Uh, Whose uh, birthday would have been on Monday. Right, he yes. would have turned 30. But uh, that is one I would recommend. Yeah. Her... Um, as I, I did a book review on it, uh, her and Ric Flair's book is really mm. worth going out of your way to see. A much more honest WWE book than you would anticipate. And and Charlotte was really, mm. it, it was really She comes across incredibly genuine. And, and, and I mean, I think it's part of the reason why mm, her doing her character now, I think she's okay, but I wouldn't consider... There's so much more there. She's not necessarily a natural kind of like... Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like queen, you know? She hasn't really kind of found that voice yet. She, like, when she talks in, in, in real life, she comes across like she's a... She's like a nice, you know, maybe kind of quiet woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, she... But very likable. I'm going to throw in my own mini review. Yeah. Um, this is airing in Canada. So I have been watching... Oh. The, listen, I'm sorry. Th- this show is incredible. It's so great. Yes. Okay. It's The Wrestlers on Vice in Canada. It's only airing in Canada at the moment. If you have Vice and this ends up airing and you have access to it, highly recommend this series. Um, it is our friend uh, Damien Abraham that was uh, is the host of this series. The best one so far is on MVP. It's an hour where... Damien goes, he does, he takes MVP to all these different locations, where he grew up, where he went uh, to prison for armed robbery, uh, takes him to uh, uh, Booker T's training school, like just all these different environments that you're going in. MVP incredibly open about all of his past and how he's struggling now with calling it a career, what's after wrestling, open about steroid use, about, you know, he's about to turn... 44 and he said like this is the time when guys get heart attacks and stuff like that in my profession and it's something that concerns him it's it's a fascinating look this is like if 30 for 30 Mm -hmm. um just they have old news clippings of of his arrest um 
it's just a really interesting profile on MVP. And it's, it's kind of a broken record with you and I, when we see these pieces and it's like, what is the mix that you could, this is such an engaging personality. This is an industry that thrives off of engaging personalities and storytelling. Where is the mixture of this? And that promotion that can find that balance, I think is on to something really incredible. What you just said with Charlotte, um, how can you incorporate that more into the show? Like this MVP, it's just such a interesting story, just such an mm. engaging story um, that I, I love this episode. I thought it was the best one I've seen of, I think I've seen three of them now. I had the stardom one saved. That one is excellent. Yes. Um, they've. I mean, they're all great, but people will find out about them as, as, as they, anyway, as they formally release them. So anyway, might get an angry text now. We'll find out. <sighs> That'll wrap up the show. Postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. We'll speak with you Tuesday night after SmackDown.